episode four. No, 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 episode two. Sorry, guys. I haven't been out. I uh, haven't been doing podcasting at all lately. If you guys watch the other podcast, The House of Hair, haven't done it in about a week and want to pump these out every week. I fought last weekend in Iowa, my first time fighting outside of California. Let's just say I got my butt kicked. First time officially getting my butt kicked. No, I fought at the TBAs. I fought against a uh, in 195 uh, weight class. Not doing that again. And tournaments are different, really different, right? You're just there. So there's like 600 fights. First of all, TBAs awesome experience just to go. So we're in a hotel in Iowa, and we're just waiting. We're waking up, we're eating, we're watching fights. When I say there's fights all day, it's literally all day. One right after another. There's four rings, an amazing tournament. If, you, if you're new to Muay Thai and you haven't experienced TBAs, I suggest you really go next year, right? And awesome. Like We've seen uh, – it was talents of C class to A class, and it was – all different talents, and it was still fun to see even the C class. Like even those guys that were wild, it was still fun to see. Right? It was an it was just a cool experience. It didn't end so well. I lost my fight. I just I, I it was just different. Like I like to tell myself that I I I got. It was my first time getting rocked, so I was shocked. No, I just got fucking rocked. First 30 seconds, boom! I just, beep, that that noise, right? The Like someone just let out of a bomb. Like I, I felt it in my ears. I blew my eardrums. Went to the doctor, blew my eardrums. So that's always fun. And uh, But yeah, first 30 seconds, I was rocked. Uh, and then in in my head, I'm like, all right, you're rocked, clinched up, clinch up, clinch up, clinched up with Jesse Diaz, the show. Can't even clinch up. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to just grab onto him and stay there. But instead, I went to 50-50, basically hand on bicep, uh, hand on 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 the back of the head, and just holding him like this while he's just hitting me. So I'm just sitting there in the middle and he's just hitting me, knee me. I got one knee off, few knees off, but he was just pummeling me, uppercut, overhand, uppercut, boom, boom, boom. And it's in your head, you're like, you're telling yourself, grab him, hug him. I don't know why I didn't. It just, it didn't compute. Like I'm, and I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't do it. You know, it's always it's funny because it, it's cliche, right? They always say the Tyson saying, everybody has a plan till you get hit. Well, I had a plan, and then I got hit. I was looking sharp on the pads. I was feeling good. And then when they said, all right, your numbers are coming up, your, your bout numbers coming up, come to the ring, it's like that fighting – that fight momentum in the head that, that like, hey, you got to go kill now, just didn't turn on. 
and then I seal the ring. So when you seal, if you if you don't know what sealing the ring is, before a Muay Thai fight uh, tradition, you seal the ring out of respect, and and you go around the ring once, say the prayers, and then um, and that's when you start. That's when the fight starts. I didn't know. I didn't like wake up like it was just a weird feeling because you're in the back you're warming up with the it, the whole towel's full of fighters nothing but fighters and you're 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 waiting to fight and they're they start off that day they started on about 300 so there's like 600 fights that that whole week on the last they're on 300 i was fighting four 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 two my bout was four four two and hey, I didn't get concussed that bad. I remember my bout number. But they're like, "All right, guys, we're on. We're be ready, fighters that are on four 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 three three to four four two. Be four four three. Be ready to fight. We'll, we're not gonna be calling in order. So I'm like, oh okay. And I'm just like, I'm trying to stay motivated. Not motivated. I'm trying to stay focused, right? And then they're like, all right, coach is like, all right, we got to go to the ring. We got to go check when we're fighting. Oh, we have to be ready. So we go and I'm walking and I still don't even feel like I'm fighting. Like I, I feel, I don't feel like I'm about to fight. I don't feel like I'm about to get in the ring. And then I walk by my opponent. It's not like you're in different locker rooms and you do the walkout, right? Totally different experience of fighting. It's like, it was so it was so nonchalant, if that makes any sense. Like it was just like, all right, let's go do this thing, and it didn't flip, it didn't turn on, and then to make matters worse, first thirty seconds, it didn't turn on. I wasn't thinking right, didn't keep my distance, and boom, got fucking hit, and just got beat up. The rest of the they stopped it in the second round, and and it was an experience. It was fun. Uh, it, I'm think I'm finally waking up today. Like, not, <laughs> no, I think I'm finally like getting back to normal. Like, let it all come out. Like, let it, let it just sit in, sit with me. Right. My, my, my daughter just seen me get my ass whooped. Um, the, for people that are new to the gym, this is my first fight back. And they're like, look, they're, they're seeing me lose. Right. And, like I was doing good before the pandemic. And then I come back to these, these people that are new to the gym because strike is growing. We're getting bigger. We're way bigger than we were. The strike fitness in Los Banos, California guys. Um, that's a plug, but we're getting bigger. So there's new people. There's no, oh, that's coach Jesse. Like it's different. It feels different. Right. And I get my butt kicked and I'm just, it was a lot to take in. No matter how many how many years I've been competing in sports, losing still sucks, right? Still sucks. No matter how mature I become, no matter how ready or how many times I've dealt with it, it still sucks. I still don't want this to happen. And I, I know this this podcast is not not about me. It's about Muay Thai in America, but. I am trying to become a fighter. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to become a professional fighter. I'm trying to fight. I'm trying to have a good career. I love Muay Thai. There's a reason why I'm doing a Muay Thai show. There's a reason why. And I love it. But it's so fucking cruel at the same time. It's real. You don't... You, 
it's real. Like this shit is real. The truth came out that day. And I'm not ready for an experienced guy like that. Or next time I will be, you know? I wasn't ready for an experienced guy like that. Like I my last Muay Thai fight, right when I stepped into the ring, I knew I was gonna win that fight. This one I just looked across the ring and I'm like, wake the fuck up, Jesse. Didn't wake up. Didn't get knocked out, but I didn't I didn't 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 put on a good performance at all. But it is what it is. I'm not going to be able to fight at the the IKF Classic in Florida, which sucks because of the eardrums and and just just to be safe, right? But uh, August, we're looking at August. Hopefully, see what happens. Maybe a local card, but it, it's it's uh, yeah, I'm back. So we're, we're I'm gonna be pumping these out. I'm pumping these out every week, and uh, yeah, that's it. I'll move on from it. But you guys, I love Muay Thai. It's still one of my favorite things to do. It's still, like, it, the fight did teach me. I'm, I, lot, I learned more from getting my butt kicked than winning, right? I, I, there's so much I've learned, and uh, I can't wait to fight again. But today's show, uh, we have Troy Trouble Jones, knockout artist, who the guy has like a 95% knockout rate. He fought on... The the um, triumphant eleven card knocked out his opponent, Miguel Padilla, and got to meet him at the TVAs. Really nice guy. Uh, it's funny because I was walking walking uh, walking out after I lost. He's like, "Hey, did you win?" I go, "Nah, I lost." <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, it's it's the name of the game." And I think every person that has experience in this has said that to me already. Like I was running right now in the professional boxer, Andy Vincent. I'm running and he sees me running and, and he goes, name, like he basically was saying, like he fought guys that were way more experienced than him. And he got his butt kicked. And when he was an amateur and it's just, it's the people tell you that, but at the same time, it doesn't feel good at the same time. But, but yeah, it's funny because I, I interviewed him, then I saw him at the TVAs, which is really cool, really nice guy. Um, and then Dr. Jason Park. Oh, man, guys. You guys, I, I do another podcast called The Hassle of Hair about inspirational people and people that are just trying to get go after their dreams. And I've interviewed close to 70 people now. You guys, this was one of my favorite interviews. The guy has coached brian ortega he's on the ultimate fighter uh show as a coach he's coached anderson silva um khalil roundtree like the guy has some names that he's coached the gyms he's been at like uh black house um um how am i forgetting oh boxing works like oh and another thing at the tbas in iowa i've seen boxing works there was like there was a few people that stood out to me. One was he wasn't from boxing world. This guy was like three hundred pounds and leg kicked the shit out of some dude and just dropped him with one kick. This guy ended up winning the C class in his weight class, like super heavyweight. I don't know, but he won the the C class. Then there's a girl from Boxing Works. I didn't get her name, but holy crap, A division, 
A class, and she was a fucking tank, kept her distance, and she fought how I was supposed to fight, right? The girls that she fought were way taller than her. Um, but the girl from Boxing Works was really good. There's a few people that, that I saw that the Boxing Works had some good guys, good girls and good guys. But yeah, Dr. Jason Park, awesome interview. Like he goes into his whole story and it, it, it's an awesome interview, interview guys. And, uh, but thank you guys. If you guys are there here for them, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to be pumping these out every week about American Muay Thai and just news in the, in the game. And, and obviously I've talked about my career, I guess, <laughs> but, um, but it, it, there was an announcement. You guys triumphant is killing the game. Triumphant 12, Eddie Avasolo versus Alex Buble. Like, holy shit. I don't even know if I'm saying Buble right. But I've seen Alex fight before. He, I think he's from Germany. But I've seen him fight um, Sam... Uh, Sam... He fought... I saw him fight on the Muay Thai Global... Oh no, Muay Thai Grand Prix uh, versus Omar Sam lost that fight but this guy he brings it he brought it for the first like he brought it early and he kind of i don't know i believe it was a it was a last minute fight not for sure but he he kind of gassed out at the end and that's when omar sam took it he gave omar sam some problem omar sam is a really good young talent like this guy is really good um i don't know if he's active but is uh, if he's gonna start being active again, but this guy from France, really good. I know this is American Muay Thai, but but Eddie Abasolo is facing Alex Buble, and this is the fight that I remember Alex from, uh, it, the Viking looking dude, and and uh, I think it should be a fun, fun fight. You got evasive, really calm, having fun in there. Eddie Abasolo versus some guy that is just tenacity. Like, going to bring it the whole entire fight. It's going to be a fun fight. And it's a world stage, right? You guys, like, I, this is what Muay Thai needs in America. Like, these fights, these cards. Like, the way Triumphant is doing them. And I can't wait to see what Lion Fight is going to do and how they're going to bring them. And, and yes, uh, Triumphant is – they have American – so far the after the after the pandemic like so far they've had american headliners and two of them eddie was on and it's like eddie's going to stay active and eddie is fun to watch his last fight he had so much fun you could just tell he's smiling in there like i want to get like that I, that's like i want to sit in there and be like all right let's have some fun today you you could say that you want to do that. You could say that you 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 think that you'd be like that in the ring against another guy, but the composure that Eddie Abasolo shows to do that and look like he's look like he's chilling and hanging out in the ring with another guy, just throwing fists at each other and having a good time. Like he was laughing and and triumphant. Uh, Ten. Like, he was laughing in there for for five rounds like 
the guys like getting like, it's so crazy to me because going off of like my last fight right where i'm in there and like holy shit i've been fucking rocked like don't get fucking knocked out like you got to think of all those things like you got to think of bones getting thrown at you and eddie abasolo is just in there cool calm collected silky smooth obviously his nickname and just having fun laughing you guys, that takes years. <laughs> takes years and a different kind of person. Special, special. Um, but Alex Buble coming from Germany, it's a really, really, really fun fight. It's going to be in Mexico, I believe. Let's see the day. But Eddie just announced it. And it was kind of, I think he announced it first before Triumphant. So it was kind of like, uh, okay. Um, but Triumphant 12... Gonna be August seventh, and I know of some names that are also gonna be on that card, and it's uh, looking good for America, right? It's gonna be really, 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 really fun. Maybe, hey, shoot, maybe me and my wife will go out there, get some tickets, go to Mexico. I need to get my passport. But if you guys never heard of elbow to a face live, an elbow to a face, or even a kick to the head, like if you've never heard like. I don't know. There's something different about elbows. Like I seen, uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. I'll never forget this. Cause this was my first like experience of watching professional Muay Thai. Ian Scusa, uh, out of CSA. I think that's a Souza, uh, Scusa. I need to get his name right. But that guy, holy crap. That guy was throwing elbows to the guy's head. The his opponent didn't belong in there. It was like uh, the versus, the San Diego versus card, and hearing elbows to the head for the first time. Holy shit! It's different. It's scary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to go to that. I'm actually thinking about it right now. If I could go to that August seventh card, coach, I'll be gone. Won't be at the gym August seventh. But you guys. Um, I can't wait to see who else is fighting on that card. I can't wait to break it down. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Triumphant. And I got to, I had the chance to, to say hi to the, the, one of the owners and I didn't, I was just so focused on the fight and I was worried about me fighting that I like, it was hard to have fun and, and socialize. So I guess that was my problem. Maybe I needed to go in there relaxed. But no, but but they did. They're doing really good, I think. Like if you look at, then they're keeping the tradition too, respectful, right? They're not. They're not. If you look at BKFC Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, they're promoting it like the old way of MMA. If you guys remember the old days of MMA, it was blood. Uh, even they're, they're, they just announced their next fight is. Uh, using sex, right? Um, sex symbols, basically. I mean, you have the both women are some of the hottest women in MMA, and you're getting them to fight. Obviously, you know why it's gonna sell. But I feel like Triumphant doesn't have to do that. Muay Thai doesn't have to do that. You have high caliber fights that you could put on, and Triumphant's doing it right. Respectful tradition, like it's it's, it's awesome. They're on the right way. If we could just 
all come together as a Muay Thai community and build off of this. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's it's gonna grow. Um, but it, it, they're doing it right, and I can't see what what can't wait to see what Lion Fight is gonna gonna bring out. You know, but yeah. But this week, I uh, kind of shut down the. I don't know. I not purpose like it was purposely because of uh i had to take a little bit of time off because of the it's hard because i i i don't even know if, i do i was concussed like they they the doctor said i was concussed i haven't had a, a concussion since like since football but i you're you're when you're fighting obviously you're getting concussed no matter how many times like no matter how light you get hit in the head you're still getting hit in the head right but this one was a little different and I had to take, I had to like take it easy a little bit this week. Um, I guess that's the best way to explain it. I don't know. But I, I had some time to to just do shit, and I I think I found a new hobby. I'm gonna be a metal detector, guys. Uh, I got into metal detecting, and it's it's a thing. I'm going to get a metal detector and every, and Sundays I'm going to see if my daughter wants to go with me. I live in Los Banos and there's a public land uh, called Panoche Hills and I'm going to go out there and see what they have out there. See if I can find some some treasure. There, there's a new movie on, on Netflix called The Dig and it's about archaeology and this guy's like digging up uh, this grave right before World War II. It's a really good movie. And then I was also watching something else I had to do about treasure. Oh, I'm listening to uh, Daniel Barbarisi. Uh, he's a writer that I like. I actually interviewed him on my other podcast called The Hassle of Hair. Go check it out. Um, but but I've been waiting for his book about this. It's called the... I'm listening to it. I don't even know what it's called. But it's about this, uh, this rich guy from uh, near Yellowstone. He he hides his treasure. He hides treasure for people to find. And he writes a poem about the treasure with clues in it. And people just go looking for it. And it's this whole thing. And it was so cool. That's what kind of got me started on it. And then I went down this rabbit hole of, uh, of metal detecting. And that's what I want to do. But this book, it, I, it's an awesome book. It goes in, how, how crazy is that? Some rich guy just drops uh, like a million dollars worth of treasure and just tells people, hey, I wrote this, I wrote some clues in a poem. Go look for it. Uh, it's So far, it's so good. It, it kind of like he goes back and forth uh, between talking about going to look for it and then um, how treasure, like different treasures in the United States and how st- some treasures got here. Treasure hunting, right? It's a book about treasure hunting. It's called Chasing the Thrill. Uh, Daniel Barbarisi. Really good book so far. And yeah, so on Sundays, I will be going metal detecting and treasure hunting. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. And it's been a, just a thing in my head lately. But yeah, guys, I just want to I want to thank you guys for listening, and uh, there's going to be more more content coming out soon. I wanted to bring this out real quick this week. Uh, don't really have any segments, but 
and just talk about the TBAs, I guess, my last fight. That was fun. You guys check out the TBAs. You should experience a Muay Thai tournament. Um, oh, and I got to meet, I got, I got to, I got to plug them. So they're this, uh, so if you guys don't know, I'm into punk. I fucking love punk. Uh, grew up with it. Um, and I love the misfits. Misfits are one of my favorite bands. I've seen them live. Uh, and if you know uh, Danzig, I love Danzig. And these guys, I'm walking. They had boots up and different, uh, different. Um, come on, Jesse, talk. Uh, different um, clothing. Different. They had Muay Thai attic there. I met the the Muay Thai attic guy, and it says youth. If I could find it, come on, Jesse. Um, but yeah, they uh, they had different boots on walking by. They had this misfit, mis, misfit, misfit shirt that said "Teep Madness," and it, it was pretty sick. It was like Muay Thai based, and I bought it. It actually shrunk because I put it in the dryer. God damn it! And gave it to my daughter, of course. And, um, come on, find them, find them. I had them. Youth group clothing. I'll find them. I'll plug them later. But you guys, I, I met them. It's a pretty cool. They're like all punk based, and it was it was it was dope, right? But enjoy the episode, Troy Trouble Jones, uh, Doctor Jason Park. I love you guys. Thanks you guys for tuning in. If you guys love Muay Thai, I'm gonna be putting out more content. Follow, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, Jesse the Hassle Diaz. Uh, subscribe to the audio. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to my my Instagram notifications on. If you guys love Muay Thai, you know that people, you know of people that also love American Muay Thai. Tell them about the podcast. And also, if you guys know Muay Thai fighters that want to talk Muay Thai, send them my way. Uh, I'm more than willing to have them on. Uh, products, Muay Thai products, people that are making Muay Thai products, people that are coaching, people that are fighters, whoever's in the game that wants to talk American Muay Thai. Hit, send them my way. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the enjoy the interview. Peace. Have with us today Troy Trouble Jones. Just coming off of a highlight KO over Miguel Padilla. Um, yeah, uh, it, watching that fight. It, the commenters were saying that you were you were telling them that, that you're going to take it easy in the first round, read the fighter. But did that all change when Miguel Padilla just came out just with a bunch of pressure? Yeah, you have to adapt, man. I mean, that's the name of the game. You go in with one thing you want, and then the fight happens. You have to be able to adjust on the fly, and that's exactly what happened. I just collected the data that I needed. 
and then I went to work. Yeah, you downloaded it pretty quick, and it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I picked things up quickly. Uh, I mean, I've, this, that was my seventy-first fight, so I mean, I've been in the ring a lot, have a lot of ring time, so I understand. And I'm I, pressure doesn't throw me off, so you can pressure, you can press me all you want. I've been pressed by the best in the world, so it's nothing to me. I just take it, block, take will take the data in, look and find my opening. Yeah, and watching the the knockout, uh, I've watched it a few times now. There was four key strikes. You, it was three crosses, but the one thing that like before the knockout that was like horrifying to see was that over over elbow that you got right to his face in the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah like, that I, was, I thought him down for sure. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see. And your background, you're you're if much a gold medalist. You've had you've had a, an amazing amateur career. Now you're 14 and two and 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 professional fighting. Before you started fighting, you were uh, a college athlete, a college football player, and That's we're correct. we're starting we're starting to see Muay Thai get bigger, and we're starting to see athletes as yourself jump into the sport. How how much did that uh, how much did that play a factor into you? learning fast as fast as you did in the sport it definitely helped a lot just because i'm i'm already know how to move my body i know how to control my body i'll have explosive training so i've been doing that my whole life so it all translate obviously you still got to learn like how to kick how to punch how to elbow how to knee how to clench you got to learn the technique still but like you can pick it up a lot quicker because you're already your body already knows how to move athletically and so just the technique and putting the time in usually i mean for me being at the college level like you have to have the ability to work hard because you can't make it to college i mean what is the one percent of high school athletes make it to college yeah. so you have to be able to you have to be able to work hard so that helped a lot just having that knowledge of watching film and break how to break film i was a play i played defense so we watched a lot of film we broke down a lot of film so i already knew how to break down film i knew how to define certain tendencies and like obviously it has to translate into fighting but the basics is already there and it makes sense because you just said that you pick up, you download things pretty quick, and you've been downloading offenses since you were young. So, yeah, long time. Yeah, <laughs> that that's awesome to hear. And you were part of of Kevin Ross's last fight. How how was that experience seeing him fight and and being part of his 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 career, like his last fight? How was it? What what was the experience being on the last card? It was amazing, man. Like, I looked up to Kevin for sure. Like, he was one of those, like, I mean, obviously, he's the, the main guy in American Muay Thai. So when you look up online, because that's what I did, as soon as I got into the sport, I'm like, all right, let's see who's, who's doing stuff in this sport. And seeing that there was a professional fighter, a couple of them can't stop crazy, those, that whole group. And Kevin Ross is the main guy. So, like, I watched him. I've actually he's judged one of my one of my amateur fights before too, and I've also got to train with them at CSA. So I I, I knew him. 
I've trained with them. I've sparred with them. It was amazing. I looked up to him just watching him as he progressed and just gave us amazing fights all the time. Like, regardless of if he wins or loses, if he's bleeding or not, like, it wouldn't be a blood, a Kevin Ross fight without blood. So it was just hope. It was amazing. That's awesome. And you, you also fight for glory. Not only are you in Muay Thai, but you, you knock people out in, in, in glory kickboxing as well. No matter where I go, I'm going to knock them out. <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> how, how is that, like, transitioning back and forth? Because you you fought Muay Thai and kickboxing for a while. How is that? What are the differences, the key differences between those? The pace, you got to – the different cadences. I mean, but – that's if you're going against someone who's a traditional Muay Thai fighter. So, like, the guy I went against, he came out really fast. So, that was just <laughs> like a kickboxing fight. So, but there's the first round, usually a slower down. Like, you're filling each other out and toss, tossing up kicks back and forth and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's no elbows in glory, obviously. You can't clinch as long, but you can still clinch. Um, it's not really that hard for me to go back and forth, to be honest. One I can use elbows, one I can't, so it's easy. Yeah, and you're you're coming from the Minnesota, and yeah, Minnesota Martial Arts Academy. Yeah, Minnesota Martial Arts Academy, and you're how hard is it to find training partners out there for Muay Thai, Muay Thai specifically? Uh, I mean, it's not it's not really that hard. I mean, there's a lot of if you haven't known about Minnesota kickboxing or Minnesota Muay Thai or MMA, you wouldn't really understand how many good fighters that we have here. We have a lot of different gyms. We got the Cellar. They are one of the biggest teams that go to, to the TBAs. Um, Spartan has another big team that goes to the TBAs. Uh, the Academy, we had a big team that goes to the TBAs. We, we won a lot of TBAs titles too so it's not like it's not like there's not fighters here there is plenty you're just in a different region so it's a different pocket of fighters over there yeah and so it's not hard at all and growing up who was your 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 well you did you watch uh muay thai uh, when you were younger or did you find the, no. how did you find muay thai that's the question um i watched like every other movie Every kid's watch kickboxer, blood sport, and like you see like little snippets of like Muay Thai and be like, oh, what the what is that? I'm like, oh, okay. And then I found out that like Paco was uh was a Muay Thai guy in Blood Sport and then Tong Po and like stuff like that. So there was like an interest in it. And then once I was done and graduated from school, I came back up to the cities and I literally just Googled a gym and this is the <laughs> That I came, that was the first one that popped up, and I saw like Brock Lesnar and Greg Nelson. You can see on the old here, there's plenty of, um, yeah. of Don Shake, all that. Like, so I'm at a, I picked the perfect gym to come just fresh out of the gate. So that's awesome. And going from football to Muay Thai and now uh, training Muay Thai and seeing what it's done for you you've had a great career so far and gonna be a, a even more great career as it goes on how has muay thai changed your life 
Yeah, I mean, I got to see the world, man. Like, I would have never, I've lived in Thailand. I've seen 20 different countries. I've fought in 20 different countries. I've been around the world at least twice. So that aspect has changed my life and just being, like, I'm more humble now, like, because there's always someone better than you are in the world. So, so it's like, you just got to keep staying hungry and training and, like, just seeing and living over there and seeing different cultures, like, you you just get a different perspective of life when you branch outside of your comfort zone and outside of America and you go start to venture off and see these different areas and see what they care about and what 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 type of values they have, what kind of moral standards they have. It's it's amazing. Like it's dope. So it changes in the ways in a lot more a lot more than one way for sure. And hey. Go seeing Thailand because obviously you fought in Thailand in the beginning of your career, right? I fought, yeah, I fought pro career. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been there before too, but so 2015, I was on the the USA team. Uh, I think I was like training for like three years, and I won the gold medal after three years of training. That's so crazy. <laughs> so let me people to understand, like the people that you're going against at IFMA have been training yeah they're they're training their whole entire lives and it's like a big deal in that their countries especially thailand and and you go in there with three years of experience and just just take gold like it's so mind-boggling and that just goes to show i mean i didn't know i was good until i won that like because i mean i'm sure you know this because you fight i don't know how much we have i've had five five amateur Five. So like, all right. So you're going into your fights. You might not be fighting the best person into weight class. Yeah, that's a fact. You don't know. You don't really know because you're only in California, right? Yeah. So you're only fighting the people in California. There are some fucking killers all around the country, but you're only fighting people in California. So you don't really know if you're fighting the best yet. So when I was fighting, I was going to. I was going to. Uh, Arizona, Iowa, New York. I was going all over the place fighting. And I didn't know that I was fighting the best people yet. So I'm like, all right, am I really good? Or am I just fighting some scrubs? Or am I fighting some subpar good guys? But when I went over there and I seen like, I didn't know it was pros either when I first went over there. I didn't know that till afterwards. <laughs> and like, yeah, like they're telling me like, yeah, that dude is just like, so-and-so and he's fought. X amount, he got like 50 pro fights and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, I am really good at this. Like, just put it to, into perspective. Like, I, right, they just gave me the, the drive to like want to do more, to train more, train harder because I was, I was, I was being successful. I was succeeding. I was, I was doing everything that I wanted to do in the sport. And it was like I was going in the right direction. I don't know if you ever read The Alchemist the book the alchemist no not yet so it's about following your omens and following your path and everything's just good good things are just happening and happening and happening so it's just like i was following i was on the right path yeah. so just put things into perspective for me to keep going awesome and i don't want to take much more of your time i got one final question and that's what's next for you after that huge ko winning the championship belt uh what's next you know, a lot of people have been asking me that, like, and I've been trying to be more in the moment, more mindful and trying to enjoy what's going on right now. 
I'm not even worried about it. I want to enjoy my title. I want to enjoy the win. I want to enjoy like my time with my family and all that. So I can't tell you because I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just want to be right here where I'm at right now. Awesome. Troy Jones, I just Troy Trouble Jones, I just want you to I just want to thank you for doing this, taking time out of your day. Where can people find you on Instagram? Uh anywhere on the internet? Uh Troy Trouble Jones, Instagram, Google, you'll find me. Awesome. And uh you guys you're you're looking at somebody that knocks out everybody. He basically eighty percent is your knockout rate, right? It's about ninety something. Ninety <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> And I thank you again. I got 14 wins, uh, 12 knockouts. Well, it went up with the 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 last fight, so yeah, it should be in the 90s then. So it's yeah. 14 wins, 12 knockouts. Yeah. And I've been dropped twice, so the only two losses. So either you're gonna come, someone's getting dropped. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> can't wait to see you fight again. I know you said you you're just living in the moment, but I can't wait to see you fight again. Thank you again, Troy, for doing this. Yeah, and man. Troy so Jones, on Instagram, you'll find it. I'm sure I'll post it, post about it. Awesome. I have with us Dr. Jason Park, Muay Thai coach uh, for big names such as Brian Ortega, Anderson Silva, Khalil Roundtree, uh, and the prospects, MMA twins, Josh and John Wang Kim. Yes, I have worked with John and John. I talked to him often. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be really amazing. And then uh, he's also a physical therapist too, uh, working with athletes on on injuries and and such like things like sports medicine basically. Yes. And when I, I found that out, I I started thinking because you've worked with Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman is just starting to start training after the the shin injury. Yes. And. Go, going seeing seeing Anderson Silva were were you his physical therapist during that time when actually it's a it's a very funny story I was not his physical therapist uh principally so what had happened was you know I my story is I started with uh Brian Popejoy really early on when I was 15 years old down at boxing work so this is now 19 years going on to 20 that since I started at boxing works and so like i had competed as an amateur muay thai uh fighter uh, accumulated about 18 muay thai fights um in different settings all over the country and a few outside of, uh in the outside in the in thailand and in other parts of the world and then i had to retire uh due to an eye injury i tore my retina i was already in my doctor of physical therapy program at usc um and during that time you know i lost myself and then uh because you know muay thai they, a lot of people like to say muay thai is life but it is really true when you lose it not on your terms you lose a lot of structure right because you know even as an amateur you're training for many hours every day it's like five six hours a day training with a routine and then all that being gone in a second it disrupts your life. It's why retirement is very hard. And I was already in the next phase of my career. So for me, I one of my former fighters, he was an amateur fighter, now lives in Miami. Jake Poss um, was turning pro. And on his pro debut, he called me and said, I want you back. I need your guidance. I need you 
to take me through the professional career. And so in my second year of my graduate program, I started coaching him. You know, he transitioned into a professional and then he led me into Black House because he was training with Black House. Um, you know, and that's how I started working with all the fighters there. You know, I started working with James Montastri, Khalil Roundtree before they got into the UFC. Um, and because of that, in that proximity in Black House, I got to meet Anderson Silva and, and watch him. So we were all watching together as a gym when Anderson's leg broke. Right. And we were all together at the UFC gym in Torrance, like and watching, you know, our hero, someone who set the standard for us, just like Kevin Ross has set the standard for American Muay Thai for such a long time. Anderson is also that kind of a pioneer who carried a whole generation on his back. And so to watch it live, um, you know, on the live broadcast, like we all kind of saw a transcendental, transcendental moment. And, you know, incidentally, I was going through my last rotation at USC. I always want to go work with professional sports. So I went to work with the toughest problems. And so one of my big issues was working with ACL injuries, Achilles repair injuries, because watching Kobe Bryant, I knew how devastating that could be. And incidentally, right after Anderson broke his leg, I started at Curlin Job which is a very famous uh, sports medicine orthopedic group here in Los Angeles. They work with all the professional sports here. And one week into my rotation was Anderson's one week out from his surgery, repairing that leg break. And so I was not a physical therapist at that time. I was finishing my last rotation, but he happened to come right into that clinic and I got to see him in a new light. So I had seen him at Black House as a fighter right? Watching from the side, watching how he trains. Then he broke his leg and he happened to come to the same clinic. I was finishing my last rotation. And so I saw his path as a student physical therapist, you know, watching the main physical therapist was working with him through the first four months of his rehab at the clinic. And then also seeing it as he was returning back from Nick Diaz in the gym. And in that camp, you know, he chose three main fighters to work with him um, for his return fight with Nick Diaz. And that was Jake Poss, James Montastri, and Khalil Roundtree, my first three professional fighters. <laughs> so so it just shows like, you know, even before I worked with him, there was a lot of things that were tying me closer and closer to him. And I'm very blessed to have been able to watch um, his career from the very beginning but be able to help him on his journey in the last five. And you can just see that it's, uh, it's not an overnight thing that most people would assume, you know, it's like you just come closer and closer into the fray. Yeah. That's awesome. And this is the next, this is not a question. I just want to point out that your, your career listening to that you've, your first gyms were black house, boxing works, uh, cool hearts, and the 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 like your story is just like you just kept on finding these these doors that were opening for you they're awesome doors you've had a a, a pretty cool career and yeah. coming and you 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 started as a, a a fighter that got injured and you lost everything i just want to say that, that that that's inspiring and that's an awesome career that you've 
you've had so far and you're not even you're not in your 40s yet right no no sir i'm uh turning 35 this october that's awesome that's amazing um but going back to muay thai american striking in the beginning of mma was our what what i grew up with was k1 and it was like it was brawling it was it was let's see who could get the knockout a bunch of punches hard kicks kind of like dutch style right a lot of a lot of dutch and seeing this muay thai wave go over america um what are the 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 changes that you see that that muay thai has brought to mma in america you know i think like anything else influence comes in waves right i know that's a big frustration that i i've heard my whole career I still hear to this day, you know, that there's this tribalism. It's like, oh, it's Muay Thai, or you're with kickboxing, or you're with karate, or you're with MMA. Like, the terms can change, like, which groups we're, we're siding with. Uh, although those have pretty stayed pretty constant. But, you know, it's like, again, it falls into, like, what style are you? And then it becomes, you know, within that style of Muay Thai, are you East Coast, West Coast, <laughs> right? Um, and I think... That's something that uh, I give a lot of credit to my coach, Brian Popejoy, that the vision, like we didn't know how we would get there. We didn't know the steps that we would have to take, but we always believed that we wanted to compete on a world class, right? And and that's, I think, not, not for the spotlight side of it, but because we wanted that challenge. We wanted to figure out how to bring our skills up to that level and be able to compete on that level. I think watching, you know, fights in Thailand from the golden era, you know, watching K1, that was a big influence on myself as well. Like I didn't really understand um, the scoring, the pacing of Muay Thai when I was in my teen years. I wanted something fast and explosive. (laughs) So, you know, you know, I started like training in 2002 Right. I went to college and started training in Philadelphia in 2004. Right. And graduated college and moved to Thailand in 2008, 2009. So, like, you could see, like, that was a transitional period. Right. It was going from the golden era of Muay Thai to this post golden era where there were a lot of great fighters like Adachai, Anawat, Pedek, um, Yotsen Klai. So, you know, that's what I gravitated to. Right. Like I just missed the Jordan era. I grew up watching the Kobe era. I knew and respected the Jordan era, but my vision of basketball was post Jordan. Same thing, I think, with Muay Thai. And so for me, K1 was also very, was coming into its own. And, you know, in those years, 2001, 2002, 2003, K1 Max really grew big. And I would have to say that K1 Max was a huge influence for me but you got to see albert kraus then masato and then 2004 you saw buoka right you just saw that kind of transition of different styles right if anyone was watching muay thai back then they saw you know albert kraus and masato these two big like guys who were fighting each other constantly in the semifinals and the finals and then there was buoka who just wiped the floor with everyone in 2004 
And, you know, it's not a Muay Thai rule set. What was Muay Thai showcasing its skills within a kickboxing rule set, yeah. right? And then soon after, you know, I've been watching Anderson in in uh, Shuto in Pride. I got very lucky in, in just coming across the DV of him when he fought his first professional title fight in Japan against Hayato Sakurai. Um, and this just happened to be really early on. I just happened to fall into it because I was looking for a K1 DVD. They gave me a Shuto DVD. But then I followed his whole career as well. And then when he came into the UFC around 2006, 2007, with around the same time as GSP, you could see another transitional moment in MMA, right? And so it's probably not the, the typical way a lot of people watch Muay Thai, but that's what led me to see, oh, Muay Thai could be a style that wins in all different formats. Yes. And I grew deeper into Muay Thai, watched even more. And I'm blessed now to have athletes and work with athletes, right? Uh, either on consulting side of things or as a coach in all of these sports, in Muay Thai, in kickboxing, in glory, in one, as well as in MMA, in the UFC. So for me, this is like a 15-year journey and goal to be able to showcase what Anderson showed so well, Stephen and Rich Franklin, of how scary Muay Thai could be in the UFC. Awesome, and it, it, I think we're gonna we're gonna start seeing the sport of Muay Thai actually getting like this actual sport, not just in in MMA. We're gonna start seeing it in America the actual sport of Muay Thai get really bigger, and the yeah. The, you know, one of the big things I, I, I kind of took away, and I was talking about this with Kevin's boxing coach, Jose Sital, is, uh, you know, long have I heard the argument that there's no money in Muay Thai. Long have I heard that uh, Muay Thai's time is coming. People just aren't wise to it. And I look at it as like, you know, Muay Thai has everything it needs to be very successful and popular. Right? And I think when we put it as a dichotomy of Muay Thai versus MMA, Muay Thai versus kickboxing, I always knew that that dichotomy was not, it wasn't helping us. It was hurting us. Like it was creating a divide because I always saw that when it, Muay Thai showed well in K1, it exploded in popularity for us, right? That was a big step when it, did well in the UFC with Anderson, it exploded in popularity. I remember I was in Philadelphia. No one knew what Muay Thai was. And then when Anderson and GSP stepped on the scene, they the ultimate fighter, the first season started, I got hit up left and right for private lessons. And I was just training for three years by that point. You know, I wasn't like, I, I barely started my first smoker, but people's interest got peaked. So that's why I always implore the Muay Thai community not to just like self-isolate. That's very easy to do. It's like, no, look for success in all of these rule sets. And guess what? If Muay Thai is doing well, people will find it very exciting and we will be successful. That's and that's awesome. still my vision today is to, you know, like I work with all different professional sports, but Muay Thai and boxing have a very special place in my heart. So that's why I push. That's why it was an honor to be there working with Kevin 
in this last camp to work with him for these past few years uh, as a physical therapist, later on coach as well, and to be able to help him and walk with him to the ring one last time. Awesome. And I know you're a busy man. I got two more questions for you. And uh, sure, sure. Um, as a as a fighter, one of the hardest parts is is finding good drilling partners. And yes. at at Strike Fitness, I'm my coach's gym. We have these twin phenoms. They're they're 13 years old. They they wrestle. They they're ranked nationally in wrestling. They're awesome they're learning Muay Thai and it's, it's amazing to see you had the chance to work with twin brothers. How was that experience watching two twin brothers work? Uh, what's the difference between regular, like people that never, uh, that are not family that are drilling with each other, basically training partners, and then t watching twin brothers drill together. How was that experience? You know, it's, it's, uh, watching Josh and John, it's, it's, it's very, it's very special. You know, they're just so talented and uh, it's no question that they were asked to be training partners for a lot of different people because they, they have a skill set that's so diverse, so varied, you know, it's, you know, mixing in things from Taekwondo and karate with a kickboxing style, as well as Muay Thai. Um, now, as they're transitioning more into MMA, like they just have a very diverse striking style. Right. And they're adding that now with a very strong fundamental grappling base. When you watch them train together, they have just such a strong connection. Now, they always joke with me like we're good. For, we're, we're great friends, but we don't always have to hang out with each other. But when they train because they've been training for such a long time and they have this bond, it is very special, very different, whether they might uh, be happy doing it or not happy doing it. Um, and it just likens to like uh, a post that I just added to my story today, which is, uh, you know, another one of my big influences and uh, inspirations, which is the Pedek and Pedo, the twins of Sichapo. And I watched them in 2007, 2008, like the fight with Pedek Sichapo when he fought Anawat is one of the biggest um, blueprints for me. Right. And it, it's definitely a big influence on the style that I carry today. Um, and, and they're twins. And you can see their special connection when they drill, they compete because they know each other so well. And uh, we all dream of almost like fighting a mirror version of ourselves. Yeah. Right. They have that opportunity, you know, and I think drilling partners are such an important thing. It's important to have that base that you're so close with. And then also um, the other part, the yin to the yang that I always promote for fighters, is like you have to have a good foundation of a home gym. You don't want to just be bouncing around where your foundation is, but you do need to go see the world. And that's what I've been blessed with, as you can tell, like, you know, that right away after two, three years of training at Boxing Works as my initial base, I had to train at other places like Cool Hearts Muay Thai, like with Timo Yama because of school, because of internships of where I was, I had to train at different locations. And I learned that every single one of them. And what I love that Brian Pope Joy always allowed was he knew that we had five great training partners at the gym. And he was my coach through and through, right? I call him constantly. 
always asking questions, ask how to integrate the information, but he was always open to um, allow us to train at other places without his supervision sometimes, right? Because he just couldn't make it there. And one of the biggest uh, examples for myself and my training partner at the time, Mike Ellison, was when I got back from Thailand, like uh, Joe Schilling was just coming out of his ACL surgery and he was about to start his big run. And uh, his coach, Mark Comoro, asked Brian if there's anyone around our size that Joe could work with. And, and we started training and sparring with Joe. And that's a handful, as you can imagine. Joe Schilling is <laughs> a handful and more, right? Um, but Brian never shied from us going over to the yard and training with Joe, listening to advice from the coaches there, including Mark Comoro. He said, go learn, go listen to other perspectives and then come back here and continue to elevate it, right? So it's about having a foundational style, having a foundational group of people that you really trust to listen to and integrate information, but also going out and seeing whether it's at seminars or especially going and training at different camps, right? And planning it out, but seeing different perspectives, seeing different ways to throw a kick, seeing different ways to do the same drills, but with a little tweak. And that's the secret sauce I think a lot of people miss. But you can see that people at the very top, whether it be Kevin Ross, whether it be Anderson Silva, whether it be the, all the members of the USA Muay Thai team, you know, it's no question that last weekend's show on Triumph at 11 was such a great show because all these athletes followed the model of Kevin Ross, you know, had a base style, trained at different places, um, competed on an international level on, on IFMA and then Glory. And because of COVID, we're allowed to come back to fight Muay Thai for this special show. And look at the performances from yeah. Becca Irwin to Tierra and Coral to Troy Jones. Like, you know, even uh, watching Vidalis. Like, it's, it's no question that USA Muay Thai is becoming more world-class. And it's not a secret. Well, it might be a secret, but it's not a unproven recipe for success. And I, I think one of the best parts about Triumph at 11 over the weekend was when Asa Tempau just cut Kevin Ross, beat Kevin Ross, beat a legend, and he tells him, uh, we got to train. Uh, I got to go train with you one day and 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 uh, pick your brain. Or he said something along the lines, I got to uh, drill with you. And that was awesome yes. to hear because he just he, yeah. they just fought in the ring. And now he's saying, can we go train together? It was awesome. And yeah, I mean... He's a, he's a incredible friend of mine. Like, you know, I, I had the honor of serving as the, like the medical team for team USA. I saw that that would, was, a like a deficit that we had and I could best serve the USA Muay Thai team by providing medical, uh, sports medicine treatments for our athletes, right. And helping them recover. And like, you know, Ace is someone that I, I've grown quite close with, like, I truly believe in him. Uh, it's why I pushed Kevin so hard because I knew that Asa is the example of us in the next generation. Yeah. Right. And, and you can see it that, you know, this is someone that he looked up to for so long 
he's told me this countless times that Kevin Ross was a big uh, inspiration for him and to fight him was an honor. You know, and you saw immediately he wanted to spend more time with him, whether it be another time in the ring right away, right, and doing a rematch or training with him, listening to him, whatever way he can get that information and, and learn from Kevin's experience, he's willing to do because that's what it takes to take the mantle of being a great in a sport. Yes. And uh, like a great example of that for me is always like, like Kobe Bryant. You know, everyone looks at him as very – like brash, arrogant, you know, wanting to put on the show. But the one thing I was would say is watching him and getting to have even a few conversations with him, right, was that that competitive drive made him humble enough to ask everyone questions. I think that's something that a lot of people miss, that okay. if you really want to be competitive, you have to be humble enough to listen and to see different perspectives because – that's what you need when you're going up to the world stage. And that it's awesome because it's just reflection. People need to reflect more to be, you need yeah. to be able to reflect if you're going to be great at something. And yeah. that brings me to my last question. You've, you've gone from the eye injury competing in Muay Thai, being part of American Muay Thai to train, uh, training these fighters, being a part of their journeys and being able to see Kevin Ross's last fight and be being part of that last fight. And then now on the ultimate fighter, uh, being part of that team, you've had this amazing career and it, it's not over. You're going to have a, a still amazing career, but going through all this, how, <laughs> how has Muay Thai changed your life? Muay Thai has given me everything. Uh, everything like I can't imagine a world without it it's been 19 years since I started uh, I always say like the luck was falling into the right gyms from the very first uh, glance like I didn't have to search out boxing works like I looked for something that was close to me that did Muay Thai and boxing Boxing Works was that first one that I found. Same thing when I went to Philadelphia. Cool Hearts was the first gym I found when I Googled, you know, for a gym. So, like, I always say, like, the luck was I kept falling closer and closer to um, great teachers. Like, that's what the luck that the universe gave me. But the thing that I can always hold heart, strong to my heart is that I had the conviction to stay at those gyms instead of just bouncing around, you know, not looking outside as the source of the, the need for change, but looking inward and saying, how can I continue to learn from these great teachers and develop myself instead of blaming the external, I blame the internal first. Right. Um, but I was lucky. I had great gyms. Like every single one was a, a great source from the very beginning, um, but it's not a overnight success. That's what I tell everyone. It's like, you know, all those moments, you know, competing, you know, having first losses in smokers, losing in the finals and TBAs, you know, losing, like losing um, in different spots, you know, having injuries, having setbacks, you know, being fired by different fighters. Like 
it sounds glamorous at the end, but it was not an overnight success. And it's not, uh, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> it didn't feel inspirational. Yeah. That's why I, I, I love talking with Kevin so much, right? Because this is the, the message he always puts out that, you know, he might be an inspiration, but it doesn't feel like he's inspirational. Yeah. Because like the training at the end of the day, it's not glamorous. You know, I think COVID showed us like whether it's Brian Ortega's camp, you know, Anderson Silva's camp, whether if it was uh, Kevin Ross, like we were training in garages and we were training in different gyms. We were bouncing all over the place because we had to just find places to train. And you realize it's not the location. It's, it's the intent of what we're looking at for training. And so to go back to like, Muay Thai gave me all the lessons that I need to help coach, you know, within Muay Thai, kickboxing, within MMA, and also with my, my athletes that are in the NFL, the NBA, like having that attachment to a where I competed, I had to train like pro and I was around like the top legends, right? Growing. That's important in any other sport. Nowhere in basketball are you training with Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, like just having to be in the gym, you know, you're getting that chance or even getting to watch them ringside. Nowhere in baseball are you able to just jump in and, and play with the top players. But in Muay Thai, we have that honor to be able to train with the greatest, whether it's a seminar, whether it's going over to their gym and just watching how they move, watching how they, they handle themselves, watching how they go through their routines every day and seeing that those routines are the key parts of their success instead of like just the thing that they're doing. So that's why I always give advice to next generation is to be open, to listen, to learn and to listen twice as much as you speak, because there's a <laughs> lot of great advice and experiences out there. And that's not saying that, you know, we don't have something to provide. It just means that no matter how great you are, if these other legends like Kevin, like Anderson, they're all listening to other people, then we definitely need to listen more. Yeah. Dan, I didn't even, I didn't even think of it about it that way. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> watch this. Like if you watch, uh, I think Kobe is one of the best, examples of this if you really watch like some of his highlights and if you look up um different interviews you'll see like he's asking questions constantly to michael jordan when he was like i want to face michael jordan and he lost to him right michael jordan just handled him he was asking questions like why did you do this why did you move like this he asked that of Shaq. he asked that of magic johnson he asked that of bench players right because he said that anyone who's in this game has something to offer him yeah. Some tip that he can understand the technique a little bit better. And, you know, Muay Thai was the way that I got to learn that because I had the honor of, you know, you know, even when I was in Thailand to train with Pedek, to train with Anwa, to train with Sanchai, right? Not go to a seminar, but to just go to their gym, spend a few days or few, spend a few months. And, you know, I always laughed that I spent five days with Sanchai and I said, I learned a lot, like the way I catch my kicks, sweep, 
it's still from those four days, five days I spent with him. Like those techniques are ingrained into me. But I also saw that he's not going to bring the attributes and the style that's going to match me. He has very different attributes than what I provide. So I went to go find the style that matches me best at the long run. But I still took the opportunity to go learn and watch these legends and see how they conduct themselves, how they train. And that has reverberated. And that investment has grown so much over the last 10, 12 years. It's just awesome. an amazing journey. Awesome. And Jason, I, I just want to thank you for doing this. I could talk to you for like two hours, but uh, I just, you, you have inspired the show even more and just listening to your journey and, and knowing where you, where you're coming from. And I just want to thank you again for doing this show and where do fi people find you on, uh, on Instagram, on, on wherever people, you want people to find you, where do they find you at? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my, my old Instagram got disabled la earlier last year. We just ran into a problem. So I just switched over. Um, people can get at dr.jason.park, no special spelling. And if they have any questions on sports performance, uh, on rehab, they can also reach us at coolheartperformance.com. Awesome. And, you know, you're always welcome to have me on the show. Just reach out anytime. I always love these conversations because at the end, I want to elevate our Muay Thai community here in the United States and worldwide. Like it is a very special sport and it's an honor for all of us to be able to carry this forward. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what the, that's why you've gotten so far and you're, is you're thinking like that is the reason why you're doing so good. So I just want to thank you again for doing this. You guys, Jason, Dr. Jason Park and yeah, on to the next interview.